Hallelujah. Come on, let's talk to him. Let's lift our hands and let's talk to him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's wanting to do something in this house. He is not finished. Hallelujah. The work in you has just begun in this house tonight. Just let him have his way. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My, 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 my. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Saints, the presence of God is in this house in such a strong way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands and talk to him one more time? Can we just pour our heart out to him one more time? Hallelujah, hallelujah, master. Oh, we love you, Savior. We love you, Savior. You are holy. You are righteous, God. Hallelujah, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You are here to meet the need of your children here in this house tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll just tell you, here's what I feel God's wanting to do tonight. I'll just go ahead and tip God's hand right now. God's wanting to walk up to somebody here tonight and look you straight in the eye and say everything's going to be okay. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Everything is going to be okay. That's what God wants to do in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Hallelujah. Somebody just needs to trust in him right now. Lift your hands right now and let God do a work in your heart. Reach out and give him everything that he wants to take off your hands right now. Oh, hallelujah. We're not here to play games. We're here to make eternal impacts in the kingdom of God in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel it so strong in my spirit. God wants to solve somebody's battle tonight. God wants to slay the devil in front of them tonight. God wants to lay the enemy at their feet tonight. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and magnify him? God, I ask you, Savior, to do it, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, 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 my. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My, my. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, my, I'll just do what I feel in my Holy Ghost. Deuteronomy chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's the answer to every problem in this house tonight. It's because he is one. 
that you have victory. It is because he is one. That is because you can walk up to every enemy, look him in the eye, and say in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. That's where your victory is at. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's because he is one that we can be one with him, that we can submit ourselves unto him and magnify his name. Everything that you have in front of you is not true. The devil's telling you lies. The devil's trying to convince you that what you're doing is not working in the kingdom of God. The devil's trying to convince you what you're doing is not right. You shouldn't even be here tonight. But God has said that's on the contrary. I'm here to set freedom. Those that are bound. Those that are captive. I'm here to make a difference in somebody's heart tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, 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 my. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you'll bear right with me for just a moment, I just want to lay a brief foundation and just jump off into this. Amen. If you've ever heard of something, it's called the Mandela effect. It's the belief in something that is not true. Widely believed by all, but in fact, it is a lie. It was founded upon Nelson Mandela. He was sent to prison and everybody believed that he died in prison. But in fact, he was released from prison and came out and became the president of South Africa. And everybody's like, I thought he died. Kids were doing book reports in school about his death and his persecution and his prison sentence. People were saying, I remember his wife coming out and making a speech to the public. But it was all a lie. Every bit of it. His death wasn't until 2013. It wasn't in the 1980s. We have things in our life that we can look over and we say, well, I've always believed it this way. And the devil's convinced you that it's true, but it's a lie. He's got you so convinced that you can never, ever be set free, but it's a lie. He's got you so convinced that this is just the way you'll always be, but it's a lie. He's got you convinced that you can never worship in freedom, but it's a lie. He's got you convinced you'll never ever amount to anything in the kingdom of God, but it's a lie. I know this because he lives. I know this because my Savior was died, buried, and rose again and gave me newness of life. I can have liberty in the Holy Ghost. It's because he lives. It's because he's alive. It's because he's the one in, in control of this situation. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. I want to jump into this. This is something that the truth has to be established. You must understand what is false and what is true. You have people that will believe everything in their life and they will put, they'll swear by, they'll put their hand on a stack of Bibles and say it's true. There are things all through our life we can look at from cultural references to things that they grew up this way and, and things that happened in their life and they sit there and they think this is the way it has to be or yes, that's in fact true. I'll give you just a few examples from our life. Uh, you look at, I was talking to the children the other day, you look at uh, Jiffy peanut butter. That's a lie. There is no such thing as Jiffy peanut butter. It's Jeff. You look at things, and I've called it that way my entire life. You look at the man who was ran over by the tank in Tiananmen Square. 
That's false. He wasn't. He was hauled off into the crowd. I told my children that story of I remember when communism and all this stuff happened and as a young man seeing the still image of the man standing in front of the tanks and them getting ready to run him over in a famous picture that was captured and published many times over and not knowing who this man was and, and the gory details of him being murdered in front of everybody. He wasn't. He wasn't killed in front of everybody. We look at things that people believe and we wonder why and that's what birthed this message within my heart because i look at people around me and i sit across the table brother hilton from people that i've taught the one god message and i sit there and watch them still cleave to the trinity like it's the absolute truth i wonder why do they still believe that uh, message that's taught through tradition it's not true and it's what i would say goes right in line with the nails the mandela effect it's what everybody else believes so it must be true it is in fact a lie trinity is not in the bible trinity is the prime example of the mandela effect in the church world and there are others that we can talk about about once saved always saved and jesus will take me just the way i am but we won't get off into that but we're going to talk just briefly and i appreciate the music selection and the songs talking about from the text tonight of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 of hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord it begs the question of why the entire Old Testament is full of one God verses of Scripture and why would the Jews change their belief in three persons in the Godhead in the New Testament it was their belief in, of one God that distinguished them from every other nation and you can read many scriptures when the children of Israel turn their back on God and they in turn worship gods in the plural sense and not in the singular sense when they pointed their hearts unto God their belief was there is one God and it fixed all their problems it was the simple belief in his ability to solve everything for them in first Chronicles chapter 17 and verse 20 it says, O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Second Samuel 7 and 22. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. We go on to the New Testament. The belief in one God did not change. It was further emphasized in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, There is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Having this belief in Scripture, we have an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. He is that truth, that ever faithful variant, uh, nothing that varies in our life. We can go back and say he is the absolute truth. We know this because Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, 
Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the same in your problem yesterday. He's the same in your problem today. And he's the same in the problem tomorrow. It's because he's victorious yesterday. He's victorious today. And he's victorious tomorrow. No matter what battle rages within you, he's still victorious. What about the words that you hear that try your faith in God? That's your very own Gettysburg. It's your very own battlefield within your mind when you hear the devil say, God doesn't love you. Your life is not worth anything. No one cares about you. It's a lie. He's trying to convince you that you are worth absolutely nothing when in fact you're worth everything. He gave his life for you. He cares about you. He loves you. He holds you and embraces you. He wants you to feel his presence. He placed himself here on earth as we're getting ready to celebrate where he came down and walked among us so he can feel us, so he could see us, so he can know us, and so he can know exactly what we're going through and feel every pain, every anguish because he loved you that much. And it's the absolute truth. No matter how many times you hear it. No matter how many times it's preached from this pulpit. And I thank God for every time that the man of God has walked to this sacred desk and, and reached out over the pulpit and appealed to my flesh and, and my spirit and say, listen, you can do the right thing. You can follow after him. You can follow after and please God with all of your heart. You don't have to walk in abject failure. You don't have to hang your head down. You don't have to be defeated. You can walk in victory and newness of life. But he also gives us examples in the New Testament scripture of those that listened to the words of the devil and were convinced so much so that they lied to the Holy Ghost and vexed the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 5 and verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And to keep back part of the price of the land. This did not start as a planning session with the devil. The verse of scripture says, why have Satan filled thine heart? Filling starts with a simple process of placing one item in the bucket. The moment you entertain one word from the devil, he has started the process to fill you. The moment that you sit there and say, there's a little bit of truth to it, you have then allowed the devil to place one pebble of doubt within your mind. And thus, you have started the process for the devil to begin to fill you with negativity, to fill you with things that are not of God. Started to fill the process to where Ananias began to be, get to the point to where the feeling the devil did then superseded the power of the Holy Ghost in his life and he reconciled his thought and said, it will be okay for me to steal from the house of God. This means that Ananias placed merit of a lie and weighed that against truth and counted it as a better option 
for them. But this also applies to Ananias and Sapphira. Because in verse 9, it says they both agreed. And Peter said unto her in verse 9, after Ananias had already dropped to the ground and died, the young men had carried him out. And all of a sudden, Peter talks to Sapphira. And Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? After she had then told the very same lie, and she fell at her feet, at his feet and died as a young man come in. The story goes on. Not one to belabor the point, but we have foolproof ways of withstanding the devil. We have a way here tonight, and God is trying to reach for someone. And that's the disadvantage sometimes of preaching a message. Sometimes you know who you're talking to, and sometimes you don't. But God is trying, as I said before I started preaching when I first walked up here. God is trying to get somebody's attention. He's wanting you to see him eye to eye in this service. He's wanting you to look him in the eye and see the tears of love rolling down his face as he begins to tell you it doesn't have to be this way. He's wanting to give you every tool, every opportunity in this service for you to come to an old-fashioned altar and take that bucket of doubt and pour it out at the feet of Jesus and say, God, fill me, use me, change me, make me in your image. We have this foolproof way of pleasing God. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11 it says to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It is him that we must trust in and have our confidence in. There's nothing that we can do on our own. And I'm bringing this to a close because this is exactly where I want to be tonight. And I believe this is where God wants to speak to someone. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, there's several verses of scripture we go to this passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy that allows us, the readers, to gain insight on how the Apostle Paul was appealing unto Timothy to keep that which was entrusted to him. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, I'll give you just an understanding of the letter. It says, In Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, According to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So we see this letter. We have no issues with who's writing it and to whom it is addressed. And Paul was writing with deep affection towards Timothy and expresses great encouragement unto Timothy. The intimacy of the words from Paul are deep and meaningful as he shared the unfeigned faith that was possessed by his grandmother, Timothy's grandmother and mother. He calls them by name. He gets Timothy's attention in the second letter that Paul is writing, and he calls them out and talks about their unfeigned faith. He's trying to get them, him to stir it up within Timothy. He's trying to get Timothy saying, listen, don't lose sight of what was handed down to you. Now here's the problem with we as apostolics 
or anyone, as a matter of fact, who may read the Bible. We read the word unfeigned, and we think that must be, oh, it's perfect, flawless, without any issue. But Webster's Dictionary of Unfeigned just means not counterfeit, not hypocritical, real, sincere. There is hope for your faith in God tonight. If you've wrote it off of saying, I'll never amount to anything because that's all I've heard. Just have real, unfading, sincere faith in God. Just take him at his word tonight, Timothy. Just trust in the word that's presented to you tonight. Paul goes on to tell Timothy, I was there when you were commissioned into ministry. And this was something that we were both a part of. And this is what I envision. Paul, through the writing of the letter, hearkened Timothy back to a time when they were together in person. Because he references in Scripture, he says in verse 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. If I could read it in the ESV, it says it this way, for this reason I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. We see that Paul is reassuring Timothy that he needs to hold fast to what he knows, not for him to step to one side or the other. Through the writing of Paul, he's sitting there saying, Timothy, look me in the eye. Have confidence in what I've done for you. Have full faith and confidence in what God has done for you. I've given unto you what has been passed down to me. I've laid my hands upon you. God's spirit is upon you. Fan the flame internally. Don't listen to what the devil's going to say to you. Don't listen to what the evil spirits are going to try to persuade you to do. I've given you a time to go back to and say, yes, I remember Paul. You laid your hands on me. You anointed me. You commissioned me out into the preach this precious gospel. And we like to read this passage of scripture in verse 7 by itself. But it has to be tied to verse 6. It's because of having that fearless belief in God. That faith that reaches out and says, I will be ever present in faith with God. I will have this faith that burns within me. We can read verse 7 with power from the Holy Ghost. For it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's telling you, Timothy, listen, you've got a hold of something tight within you. You can't lay it down. No matter what the devil comes and says to you, no matter what the story is that he's trying to convince you, thus saith the word of God, that is the power of God inside of you that can step in and change your life, that can keep you stable, secure, set upon the rock. It's because of your faith in him. Don't be 
ashamed of the truth. He gives him the word. He tells him, listen, don't let this shift you from one side or the other. But he's saying, Timothy, I want you to hold fast to those things that you know. And saints of God, you may have been around this truth for years upon years, but that doesn't mean that you're immune to the lying tongue of the devil. Just because you've been around this your entire life, most of your life, or even a year, you're not immune to the lies the devil will come in and try to tell you that you can do nothing in the kingdom of God. But the word of God tonight is trying to get somebody's attention. Get your eyes on him. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. But set your eyes upon Jesus Christ and him crucified, him resurrected, him rising up, him filling you with the Holy Ghost, him giving you newness of life, him giving you a reason to worship him. Don't lose sight of the promise. Reading on down in verse 12. For the which cause I offer suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which, is com which I have committed unto him against that day. What I see is Paul telling Timothy... You're going to hear some things. You're going to hear the devil come in and try to tell you every which thing other than the truth. I want you to hold fast to those things you're going through, knowing that God is going to take care of you. Have faith in God. Have faith in his ability to take care of you and see you through every problem. And what he's doing He's telling Timothy, I'm writing these words to dispel all doubt. I'm telling you what God is doing for you, the promise that God has laid down before you, what he's going to do for you today and tomorrow if you'll keep trusting in him. If you hearken back to that moment, this thing is right in your mind. Your memory is correct. God's hand is upon you and sometimes we can get so distant so far away from the moment that the last time that God reached down and touched you that you begin to wonder and question whether or not God is real or is this just a religion is this just going through the motions there are people every Sunday this month going through the tradition instead of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ as God in flesh coming down among us. They say, oh, we're going to celebrate the Advent Sunday. And they celebrate tradition more than they celebrate of who God really is. They read scriptures and read writings by men that are more about the tradition than they are about the doctrine, than they are about the teaching of Jesus Christ, than they are about the real reason that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. They have lost faith, and they now have the Mandela effect rampant in their church. They talk about him, but they do not know him. Because all they can hearken back to is tradition. 
they begin to hear the lies of this is what's important tradition. They hear the things of this is why you go to church on Christmas Eve. It's to check the box with family tradition. It has nothing to do with keeping them from living like the devil from that point on until they walk back in and get some semblance of feeling better about themselves. But here tonight in an apostolic service, there's freedom that can be found in the Holy Ghost. We don't have to lean on tradition as a crutch. We can lean on the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is, knowing that it's not a tradition, but it's the belief of knowing who he is, that he can reach down and change every situation. He goes on to say, Hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith, and love which is in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, listen to me, Timothy. Here's the answer. Listen to the sound words I'm telling you. The things that you know, everything that you've experienced that has been found through Christ Jesus, hold fast to them. In verse 14, it says, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. He's telling him, keep the faith. Heed the voice of the shepherd. He's telling him, listen, I want you to reach down deep in your heart. I want you to weigh everything that you're considering in your mind and your heart from this day forward. Weigh everything against the word of God. Don't let anything convince you to go to the left or to the right because we know the absolute truth is found in Jesus Christ in first Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says be sober be vigilant vigilant because our your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour that's the exact opposite of what we read in scripture of what we read about Jesus Christ seeking and going across the earth seeking whom he he may save. It's the exact opposite of the agenda of the devil. The devil wants to convince you in this service you can walk out the very same way that you walked in. But I'm here to tell you, we serve a Savior. We serve someone who can come in and wash your sins away. We, can, we serve somebody that can walk in and change your life forever. He can give you a born-on date that you'll never forget. He'll give you something to shout about, something to weep about, something to rejoice about. It's because the voice of the shepherd has walked to this pulpit and told you, Trust in Him. But you got to get past everything the devil has convinced you is true. And I'll close with this. It's not about accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's a lie. Because the Bible tells us to repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise is unto you and your children, as many as the Lord our God. He is telling us, listen, it was for those in the book of Acts. It's for those when the Spirit was poured out in the 1900s, in the 2000s, and in 2021. That same Spirit is here tonight to change your life.
that lie that says all you have to do is be sprinkled or just believe. That's a lie. The Bible says, except a man be baptized, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. As the Bible says that Jesus told Cornelius, telling him you must be born again. It's not just the simple belief. Now we've talked about some salvation issues, but saints of God, there's some things that plague us as saints that keep us from doing what we should in the kingdom of God. He's come here to tell us, listen, I want you to trust in him. Look at the light that shines before us. The one that shines in darkness. The one that looks down upon your life and says, listen, you may not be where you are right now, but don't lose hope. I'm here to give you peace. I'm here to give you another version of life. I'm here to take you deeper in him. God is here to take care of every problem you have in life tonight. Can we stand tonight? Last couple of verses, James chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The devil is trying to destroy anybody on any service on any night can get up to this pulpit and say that, and it's 100% the absolute truth. But God is trying to help somebody tonight to give them the words, to let them see just how you really are in life. He's wanting to hearken things back into your life that you thought were anchors, things that you thought were absolute truths in your life, things that you thought maybe, oh, just trivial, and they're just me, and I lean on them. They're a part of my story. But God's wanting you to see you for who you really are. We see things, if I may reference, if I may reference a few things, you may see things you look at something, a common consumer product called Whiteout. Isn't even spelled white. It's W-I-T-E. You think of, oh, it does say Whiteout because you're applying white to it. It's another one of those things that we think of, spell Whiteout. It's a product that we need to correct things, but it's not even spelled to represent what we're applying. We have things in our life that we believe that have to be there. Things that we think how we have to behave and things that describe us who we are. But God is here to tell somebody here tonight, whether you have the Holy Ghost or whether you don't, He's here to give you a new lease on life. He's here to give you something new and fresh. If it's been so long since you've touched Him, just because revival services were red hot and you were praying through service after service, it's time to pick up that ember, that coal from the altar, and place it upon your lips and say, God, burn within me one more time. In this service, in this time tonight, none of us are exempt from coming to the altar and say, burn fresh within me again. In last verse of scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 9, 
In the ESV it says resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. I'm here to tell you tonight, saints, you're not in it alone. He's gone through every bit of pain, every trial, every affliction that you've gone through. I'm here to tell you, sinner, guest that's here tonight, God is here to lift the burden of sin off of your shoulders like you've never known and give you life and peace. Tonight can be a different night for you tonight if you just come down to this altar lay your sins down lift your hands in the air and begin to tell God I need what this preacher's telling me I don't know what it takes but I'm here to tell you here's what it takes come down to an old fashioned altar and just surrender everything to him hearken unto the word of scripture that says resist the devil that same power that's given under the church can be given to you tonight. If you're going to bed at night, crying yourself to sleep, rocking your baby with tears falling upon their face, God is here to give you peace. God is here to fix every problem tonight. Tonight is the night. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands, saints? Can we talk to him? God wants to love someone like they've never been loved before. God wants to reach down and touch you like you've never been touched before. Can we reach out and touch him tonight, saints? We have guests in the house tonight that need him. Can we follow after him? Can we pursue after him? Can we reach our hearts unto a Savior that lovingly cradled us in his arms and washed us our sins away, that gave us a name above all names? Can we reach out and talk to him tonight? Can we look at him in the eye and say, God, I thank you. I worship you, Savior, for what you have done for me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I worship you. Let's talk to him tonight, saints. Let's lift his name upon high. Let's magnify that great name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's find us a place to pray. Let's reaffirm our faith in him. Let's bring our problems unto him. Let's bring our trouble unto him. Let's look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith tonight, saints. Hallelujah.